Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. Can we talk about the weather for a minute? I mean, I immediately now feel like I'm old and talking to my parents because we always talk about the weather. But anyway, I guess I am old-ish and I think weather is generation neutral. So there, we can talk about the weather. So I'm just annoyed that we didn't really have a spring and then summer literally just arrived like two weeks ago, like on July 4th or something right when Skirt Sports launched our end of season sale. So it was like it just got hot and now we're saying, hey, guess what? It's finally summer and our fall winter line just landed. It's crazy. I can't stand the timelines in apparel. Anyway, we literally did just launch fall products today. And then my car thermometer said 113 when I got in it definitely did not feel like fall. So, I mean, I think that's not totally accurate. I'm prone to occasional over-exaggerating, <laughs> but they did say it was possibly going to hit 100 today in Boulder. So it's true summer and we're launching fall. So here's the deal. If you're not a runner because you believe that you hate running or at least that you dislike it, or maybe that you think you want to be a runner, but you're not really sure if it will become your thing. And so you look for excuses to start running. For instance, that the weather is just not in your favor. It's too cold and snowing and then it's too hot. Well, then this, in my opinion, would be the worst year in history to become a runner. <laughs> okay, with that whole spiel, I think there are two relevant things that I just said. Number one, when we consider getting out of our comfort zones, it's easy to give in to flimsy excuses. True, right? And number two, what you think you hate may someday turn into the thing that you love more than anything in the world. Okay, didn't really actually say that, but I was getting there. <laughs> I'm feeling it today. So, okay, well, maybe there's actually three relevant things skirt is launching our new season styles colors and prints and there's some killer stuff that i know you will love so use the code run 20 i gotta check and make sure that's still the right code but i'm saying it right now run 20 for 20 percent off at skirtsports.com or if you're local come to our boulder store i'm there usually on tuesdays and wednesdays okay back to running today's guest lisa jung and that's J-H-U-N-G, Lisa Jung. You've seen her name if you're a runner. I know you have. She just released a book called Running That Doesn't Suck, How to Love Running, Even If You Think You Hate It. She grew up a running hater. She literally hid when she was told to run. She avoided it at all costs until one day she was told again that she had to run in order to make the college volleyball team. So maybe she was a little more mature at that point. And she realized the stakes, so she started running. And each day, she went a little further. And it didn't suck. And in fact, it became awesome. And not too long after that, when she realized volleyball wasn't going to be her thing, running was still there for her. And that's the beauty of running. And when I say running, I also mean walking. I just mean moving forward. You know, today, Lisa has made her entire career from the sport of running. She's a writer, adventurer, runner. She's a fan of the sport and a lover of the sport. And she realized that there are probably so many other people out there who think they hate running who were her many years ago. But maybe, just maybe, if she gives them a different approach, they... They may one day love it too. If you're already a runner, then listen to this episode with something else in mind, something 
that you feel like you should try, but you're making all the excuses because when you just give it a chance, it could turn into the next big thing. It could be your thing. (laughs) Think about when I, I talk about this all the time, but think about when I finally pulled the trigger and decided to go learn to surf and I've only gone twice for two one week periods and I feel like surfing's my thing. (laughs) You don't have to be awesome at it for it to be your thing. For those of you who need an extra boost, okay, we're doing a giveaway. A skirt sports product. Remember, we don't just make skirts. I'm not going to say a skirt. I mean, it could be a high impact bra or swimwear or whatever. And a book. One of Lisa's new running that doesn't suck books. So to enter the contest, you just need to share this episode on Instagram or Facebook, maybe with like a little quote or something you liked about the episode and hashtag running that doesn't suck. Cause then we'll know you shared it and we can find you more easily. Um, and it also helps if you follow me and Lisa at Nicole DeBoom. That's my little handle. And Lisa Jung writes, it's Lisa J-H-U-N-G writes W-R-I-T-E-S. Uh, we'll pick a winner on August 1st. So there it is. All right. You so excited? I am. Let's get Lisa on the show. We're doing it. Okay. What's happening, Lisa? Oh, you know, this and that and the other. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Life is so boring. <laughs> um, so the last time I saw you was like 2010. No, I'm just no. kidding. I saw you in Target like two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> and at the track, at a kid, a youth track meet, I saw you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. We, was that when we were coaching, me and Tim? Yes. Oh, you guys are so cute. Oh, my Coaching God. Coaching the kiddos. Well, what's funny is it wasn't, I actually wasn't a coach. I got duped into coaching mm-hmm. and assisting because Tim was a coach for Bear Creek, mm-hmm. but it's only because nobody else would step up and do it. So they weren't going to have the Bear Creek program if he didn't do it. Right. And then because he was going to be out there alone with 50 children of all <laughs> ages, I was like, Hello, I will come and do your bidding. That's good of you. <laughs> so um, we're sitting here because of all things running. Yes. And the fact that running doesn't suck or running that doesn't suck. Right. That running? No, running that doesn't <laughs> suck because running doesn't have to suck. And you just wrote an amazing book called Running That Doesn't Suck, How to Love Running Even If You Think You Hate It. Yes. And I've always known you as a runner. And so it's really kind of fun and interesting to see you come out with this book now in your life and career. Mm-hmm. So one of the cool things when when you do buy this book, which we're going to put a link in the show notes, right? Thanks. Where's it available? Everywhere. It's online right now. I think uh, all the various booksellers and it should be in bookstores July 9th. That's the official release date. Oh, no way. Are you getting into a bunch of independents? I believe so. It's oh. kind of up to the publisher and their team but um yeah july 9th so who published this it's uh running press which is a division of hachette out of uh philadelphia okay cool so that's like big time yeah like you got published i got published (laughs) i have an agent and everything (laughs) oh my gosh but this this isn't your first rodeo like you already have a book i have a book called trailhead the dirt on all things trail running and that was published by velo press here in boulder in 2015. So you've been doing this for a while. So well, this is like old hat. Was this like boring to know. write this book no, or what? No, it's definitely not old hat. <laughs> I loved writing the first one and got busy with work, you know, magazine writing and all the other things that I do. And then um, this one I had the idea for and had a literary agent, which felt cool. Like she's based in New York. And I was like, oh, I have an agent, you know, this is a different deal. The first yes. book I kind of brokered on my own. Um, but yeah, this was, this was fun. I love writing books. I really love the process. It's kind well, of like- and the first thing is you have to have something to say. Correct. And, <laughs> you know, if we go all the way back in time, I mean, both your books are about running and mm-hmm. being outdoors and nature. Um, and it's funny in the intro in running that doesn't suck, you basically say, I thought running sucked. I did think running sucked. I thought running sucked so badly that in high school, I was on the track and field team, but I was mostly a jumper. I was like a high jumper and would do sprints now and then. But we started every track practice with a two-lap warm-up. And I didn't want to do it so badly that I'd hide behind the high jump mats. 
I'd like run 100 yards, hide behind the high jump mats and wait for everyone else. I think it was me and a couple other lazy high school kids would that hide behind is, the pits. <laughs> that is so funny because first of all, you were a jumper. Yeah. Um, like a high jumper, mm-hmm. long jump. Okay. High jumper mostly. And you're not short, but you're not like really tall. Correct. And naturally. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not that tall. The other weird thing about that, it was that I played volleyball and was a middle blocker. So I don't know. I guess I can jump. I can jump. <laughs> Who can totally <laughs> knock out those jump shots that are everywhere, everywhere. Um, so you grew up doing sports. Though. I grew up playing soccer. I started with gymnastics and was a terrible gymnast. I'm not very flexible. I'm not all that graceful. Like <laughs> I was a gymnast and then um, played soccer with my dad as a coach and then started playing volleyball around seventh grade and would kind of do whatever. I played tennis uh surfed a little you know just was an active kid my parents were very active but um I was not a runner that's for sure and then in high school played volleyball and soccer and then you know was a jumper sprinter so if we like talk a little bit about your family and your background you grew up in California I grew up in San Diego North County oh cool what city uh Solana Beach Del Mar Rancho Santa Fe like kind of where all those oh my gosh we used to go out and train there a lot and uh Pipes Cafe, baby. Yes. Cardiff by the yeah, Sea. That's right. <laughs> I go out a lot still. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So was being outdoors and including fitness in your life um, a priority? Like that your parents ingrained in you? Or how did how did you just come to naturally include fitness in your life? Because not everybody does. And a lot of right. people who are gonna buy your book are coming upon finding their inner athlete as an adult. Yes. For me it was more growing up playing sports and having a very competitive minded dad and just being outside. And then we lived sort of away from a bunch of other houses, but we had all these canyons. So I'd just be outside like exploring by myself. We had this tree house and I'd go crack rocks open, look for geodes and like take my dog cruising around in San Diego Park and things like that. So it was kind of like a natural thing to do more than trying to stay fit or get exercise or anything like that. Um, And playing soccer, it was just fun everything was fun to me I guess and I guess I come at all of this with that is like if you have something that you want to do because it's fun you're gonna want to keep doing it as opposed to making yourself do it to lose weight or to follow some fitness program it's just really finding the fun in what you're doing is a motivating factor but so for me it was kind of natural growing up outdoors and playing like everything was play-based right like sports and exploring and then other team sports and uh like I said gymnastics was not my thing and there was some there was a substitute teacher who was like coaching the volleyball team who said come out to volleyball this afternoon I'm like no I have gymnastics which was silly because I was too tall to be a gymnast and just not good at it so I went and turns out that's that became my sport so I'm so glad I did but again it's because I liked it like it was fun it was volleyball you know um, but you know, a lot of people be like, volleyball doesn't sound that fun. You like hurt your arms, you break all the blood vessels in your forearms right. and you know, like <laughs> you're getting knocked around and like, why was that fun for it you? It takes a while. I, I had friends on the team. The coach was cool. We played in front of our school and it just became, I don't know. It just was like, it was fun. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm hearing like trends of like play, yes. fun being driven by exploration, mm-hmm. and then also relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had not only your coach in volleyball, but your dad seems to yeah. have been sort of a mentoring, coaching figure, and friends. Yeah, I mean, that's what draws us to sport, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Wow, okay, but running wasn't fun yet. No, running was not fun. Even like soccer practice, we'd have to run, I'd be like, oh God, you know, like just. <laughs> fighting it it wasn't natural to me it wasn't I mean sprinting after a ball was natural yeah. right or like yeah. chasing something or somebody down a beach was natural but yeah. running like going for a run was not natural and I didn't know that it was fun and then it took until my senior year of high school and I was trying to walk on the volleyball team at the college I was going to and I knew we had to run a sub seven minute mile That's I was like fast I know and I you know was the kid who hid behind the high jump Mats. You'd never run a mile. <laughs> I mean, I probably had Barely. never. No, I mean, I think I did in soccer, but I was like last, you know, like I switched the fall sport of high school volleyball switches to high school soccer. And I remember 
we had to do like a 5k just training run oh. and i was last and this girl on my team was like don't you play volleyball like why are you not a runner but i'm like we just jump around like we just jump and <laughs> dive and roll like we're not going on runs it's a totally different thing yeah um but that summer going into college i knew i had to start running and so knowing that i love the beach i was like well i'll just go down to the beach and make it pleasant for myself and like or try to make it pleasant it was not pleasant for a long time because I started trying to run and like about died or felt like I was dying, you know, like, oh my God, I can't even get to the next lifeguard tower without stopping. And I went with a guy friend of mine and he was like, okay, we can walk a little bit, you know, but I just kept doing it. I kept doing it. Maybe back then it was because I knew I had to, because I had to get fit enough to be able to walk onto this team that I wanted to join in college. But, um, it clicked that summer, you know? I just kept going. I'd go at the end of the day, because I used to, before that, I would go down to the beach with my journal, and I was like a very introspective high school kid, and I'd sit at the beach and write my journal at sunset and watch the sun go down. So instead, on some of those days, I would go down and run. And then I remember just hitting a gear suddenly, you know? It was like low tide, the sun's going down, my body just kind of kicked into gear, and I kept going and was like, oh, just like that feeling which I guess technically is your runner's high that took me a while to get to, but I just found it. And I'm so grateful that I had a beach to run on because that just suits me and my personality and it made it pleasant for me. And then I just kept going and then it clicked and I've loved it ever since. Wow. It's not been a smooth road since then. I mean, that was a long time ago, you know, but um, yeah. And then I just, I went to college and ran the sub seven minute mile and turns out I was better at doing that than volleyball <laughs> at a division to, one school. Where'd you go to school? I went to UC Santa Barbara okay. and like walked on to this division one, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I just wanted to go there to school. It was not the, the best volleyball I decision. I want to go there to school. It Can was, I go back God, to school there? It was like summer Amazing. camp <laughs> for four years. Like I lived on a beach with my friends. It was ridiculous, you know? Oh my gosh. Um, but volleyball didn't end up working out and running did. Like I walked off the team after they let me stay. I don't know that I technically even made it. She just didn't kick us off the team. But um, running ended up being what I did after I stopped playing volleyball. I was like, okay, well, now what do I do with my afternoon? Like, I'm used to going to volleyball twice a day here in college. And then I just started running. And again, I was in Santa Barbara, so I could run in these beautiful places on the beach, jump in the water. It was great. And then I just kept running. You know, <laughs> and, and this all kind of makes me think about the fact that through college, mm -hmm. you know, we're not coddled necessarily, but things are easy to find and participate in. Accessibility is there. But once you're done with college, it's not that easy to find volleyball leagues as an adult right. or a, adult soccer league and stuff, you know, for people who aren't super competitive or whatever. I mean, I think it's out there if you want to put a ton of effort in or travel far to go places. But running is also a thing that's way more accessible and so I've, I'm sure you're feeling pretty grateful that you found that sport at that time in your life because that can help with the transition from college too when you're a goal-driven person then what right for sure and the other thing with college is you have all the time in the world I mean that might be offensive to some college students who don't feel like they have all the time in the world but for me I definitely had time <laughs> in college to play all those sports and play beach volleyball but even go running whenever I wanted to really unless I had to go to class right so taking running after that um, instead of a sport where there's like a set time and day and you're dependent on a bunch of people was great yes I could do it anywhere from that point on and I like moved to San Francisco or even traveling around you could just run and like again go explore new places or uh, just squeeze it in when you can and it was like yeah like a little secret weapon of sanity to tap into whenever I could Totally. Okay. So what happened after college then? Where did your life take you? Um, I stayed in Santa Barbara for almost a year afterward and got a job as like a copywriter for this sports catalog. Yeah. Um, and I thought you were going to say waitress and no. Well, I also like was a like, a, yeah, it was like, yeah, it, it was short lived. The catalog went under and I was laid <laughs> off from my first job after oh, college. No. Yes. But after a chunk of months where I had some good experience writing and it was great. I mean, I'd sit at this desk and play with goggles and like write up snarky little catalog blurbs. It was fun. Um, and I coached a 15 year old club volleyball team 
as like a 22 year old. It was a disaster. I mean, it was super fun, but I went in trying to be the cool coach and got walked all over. (laughs) Well, there's no way to be anything else at that age because you're still relating more to those people than their parents. Yeah. You know, so that was interesting, but it was fun. Again, good experience. And then I traveled that summer because my dad worked for the airlines and I could still fly. So I like had a backpack and went to Europe and cruised around for seven weeks by myself, eight weeks maybe. Like weird loner stuff, but mm-hmm. um, ran a lot. You know, I'd wake up and like go explore a new city by foot, uh, which was great. Again, I had the tools, you know, I had like, I can just go for a run. Um, and I became really introspective on that trip, but it helped me like know myself and know what I needed, what I didn't, what I wanted, what I didn't. Um, and I came home and moved to San Francisco in with a roommate and a bunch of guys we were friends with and had this crazy San Francisco life for three years that I probably couldn't have done straight out of Santa Barbara. Like I needed the time in Europe to like become this very lonely person, which I'd never been before to like be ready to go all into like crazy city life. Cause mm. that's not all that natural to me either. But um, that was fun. It served its purpose and I worked in advertising and then started doing some journalism on the side and then lived with like a girl roommate and our two guy friends and had four other friends upstairs. It was very like Melrose Place city life. Whoa, were yeah. there like a lot of hookups yes. and stuff? Oh, <laughs> nice. That's not a chapter life. in the book. It was another life. I mean, you know, pretty innocent, all things considered, for sure. But it was like we had a bunch of buddies and like just went out. It was crazy. It was like not my life now. It was not something that I could do years after that. I mean, I burnt out on living in a city because it's just not me. It was like concrete and not a lot of trees. And, you know, I'd run um, along the water down to the Golden Gate Bridge and that was nice. Or like I'd run in Golden Gate Park when I lived over in that area and met some running friends. Again, I'd like meet up with people who like to run. I'd run a lot by myself, but then I'd meet up with um, other runners. I was trying to do triathlons at the time. So that's the other thing in college. After I quit volleyball, I started doing triathlons. And I was like on the UCSB tri team, tri club at the time. And but I was like riding a mountain bike and racing in a, like a one piece beach bathing suit. Totally, you know, in the beach kind are a little showy. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're not like <laughs> <Brazilian> performance. <cut. laughs> not mine back then, but um, I did that, and that kind of opened up a new world too. Like new friends, new. I would swim yeah. in the ocean and then jump on my like mountain bike for the Price Club and. I had this weird thing like where I was fighting gear. Like I didn't want to like get the right stuff because that would just put pressure on me. And like I just was like, I just want to keep it fun and swim in the ocean and like mm. not put bike shoes on. Like I didn't like riding my bike because it was equipment. I just liked the simple. Yeah, I just, yeah. I wrote an essay once about like I felt like there should be a cap on gear. Like everyone should just have the same stuff. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, Straight. Same playing field. But you know, that goes along with your background and how you grew up and you, maybe there's something in the back of your mind that knew that when it wasn't fun anymore, it would lose the magic. Right. And when you start to think you have to perform, maybe the fun may go away. Perhaps. And I do think that's true with running. Like after I quit volleyball, which the coach probably didn't even notice that I wasn't um, I uh, was running and started entering 10Ks and was like doing okay. You know, I was like this young athlete, like doing okay. And like some friends of mine were on the track team and they said the coach wanted to talk to me. And I was like, I went and talked to them, but I just wanted to keep it fun. Didn't want to like get too serious about it. So I didn't, you know, and I don't know if I should have, could have, whatever. I'm fine with my, like with my approach. I, I don't think I would have been some superstar runner, but it kept it fun and it was like, enjoyable it's always been enjoyable you know and like I love racing like I'm a crazy competitive person and I still enjoy pushing myself and that is fun to me I don't think that's fun to everybody but I know for me like I need that once in a while to like let my crazy out you know and like oh my gosh well in you know if you check out Lisa's website Lisa Jung dot com no, yeah. boom easy we'll put a link in the show notes too they can read all your accolades oh, but there's a ton of triathlons and adventure races listed and yep. all that good stuff but so you it became your life like would you say that your life revolves around making sure that you can fit in time for your sports activities um yes but I think I'm lucky in that my work 
sort of grew with my sport, right? So ah, yep. the running, but that all leads back to me following my core. I was like running and then I lived in San Francisco and was like doing triathlons and running and working at an ad agency and kind of unhappy and then sort of became more of an outdoor writer because I was like pursuing those types of projects like outdoor sports catalog writing I was like pursuing that and then for this website I think it was citysearch.com and this is back when there was like a dot-com boom in San Francisco and so I started writing journalism type stuff like editorial pieces for them and I'm like I can write about I'll write about running I'll write about surfing I'll write it like I was picking topics that I was interested in and so that's kind of the first stuff I started writing. I like wrote this big piece on running, the history of running, the history of surfing, the history of whatever, and like would interview athletes and do that. So I kind of followed my passion in a way. And then I got like a big project that let me quit my advertising job. I was at a graphic design firm and didn't, wasn't enjoying it. And so I just took a big leap and went freelance and then started pursuing more and more outdoor sports writing and running and then found adventure racing like was in costa rica again like traveling because i could on these passes from an airline family was in costa rica traveling around with some friends and saw the eco challenge on tv this thing that used to be aired and was like oh my god i want to do that and i got home pitched adventure racing to my citysearch.com editor and he said yeah check it out and i found this camp that was happened to be happening in marin county like the next week and the guy invited me to come and it was this media camp and I was this, you know, like Olympic distance triathlete at the time and a runner at heart, but like doing multi-sport stuff. And that camp kind of changed my life. Like it was adventure racing and it had a bunch of editors there. It was a media thing. So there were all these editors who I now still work with. And that was like 1998. <laughs> um, and I just had this moment like, oh, these are my people. This is what I need to be doing because we were out in the woods. I think it was raining we were dirty, we had like maps and compasses and there was like a team aspect to it. Like you're on a team of four and you have to move together and if one of your teammates needs help, you help them. You carry the backpack or you push them up a hill or you feed them, whatever. And like, and then 20 minutes later, you're gonna feel like crap and so they help you. And so that team aspect, I think coming from a team sports background really appealed to me more so than triathlon. I had kind of reached the point of triathlon where I was like in San Francisco and swimming in like, but cold water, you know, and mm -hmm. just not enjoying it so much anymore as I did in Southern California. I don't yep. know if it was all about the water temperature or what, it was just a different scene up there. So adventure racing um, really opened my eyes and then I started writing about adventure racing. And then I'd go on these press trips and be with editors and be like, yeah, I do, like going on runs with them. And then they'd assign me like gear stories because they knew I was testing it all. I mean, I was out all the time doing stuff. And so it just kind of evolved, like my career and my sport evolved together that was a really long answer to your question but that is so cool <laughs> because I'm sensing like with you this mix of listening and following your gut yeah but also making things happen because yeah. there's people out in the world who just say uh, something will happen and they kind of just go on their way and and that's awesome they right. live you know in a way that's a little more reactive and mm -hmm. great things do probably happen mm -hmm. to them but I mean you found that camp you made it happen you got yourself invited right you know yep. and you didn't just sit around and wait for the next thing no I was definitely always I guess I always wanted to be where I'm at right now and I have to appreciate that about how my life has shaped up you know but yes I have gone after things proactively that I thought would get me to where I wanted to be you know yeah and that's worked out I mean for the most part not everything works out but I'm not shy about going after things I guess you know and just trying to like strategically make my way to where I want to be I kind of feel I mean there's some anxiety in that like I think like I live strategically you know like every little thing is like a strategic move and not like necessarily plotting but it's just like I kind of know what I want to do to get to where I want to go yeah it's interesting thinking well about do that. you write down your goals then no I, I mean not formally I'd say I I don't do it anymore but even going back to like being that teenager on the beach and writing in a journal that's mm -hmm. like knowing yourself right or at least figuring it out yeah. thinking about where you're at and what you want and just processing things yes. and being sort of trying to be in tune with yourself um, I so, guess I've sort of always 
process to that. But no, I don't like have a goal book or like write down step one, step two. Although I have written like I think I remember writing down like what I wanted in a like a partner or like what where I wanted to be. Yeah, I remember like we gotta talk about that. Did you really write that down? I think I might have, but also like in a little journal entry, like a little (laughs) goofy, you know, in my weird little style, you know. Mm Yeah, totally. But not like goal setting, like putting pressure on myself, like this, that, and the other. But I just, as a writer and as someone who likes to process things, I think I probably wrote all sorts of stuff in a journal back then. I need to go back and start writing in a journal. I carry it around, like when I'm traveling, and huh. barely open it, which is just yeah. But it's like a comfort thing. Maybe. I mean, there is a big trend of running and writing. Yeah. Because when you're out there running, I mean, one of the side effects of running is that your mind clears. Right. The clutter goes away. At some point, for right. me, it's 20 minutes. Mm. I'm like the oh, 20 minute girl. Huh. What, how long is it for you? I don't know. I think it varies. I think, um, mm. I think for me, like being on a trail, it clears quicker mm. because like you're forced to sort of be mindful, you know, like look where you're going and focus on rocks and roots and that so that clears my brain quicker yeah if i'm like on a meditative more like road or gravel path and i have to sort through all sorts of stuff it takes a little longer but then i'm grateful that i was able to sort it that i had the time to sort it in motion which is completely different for me than sorting it sitting at a desk like i've had times where like i will not make a big decision before i go on a run Absolutely. I know. Even with this podcast, I actually need to go on a hike and listen to the episode while I form my intro and outro. That's great. Yeah. So I have to like re-listen to it. It might be a month later because, you know, sometimes that's what happens and I need to like get it back in my head and be like, what was the point? Yeah, yeah. You know? What is the point? What is the point of all I of hope this? That, <laughs> that answer isn't too hard to find when you're on your hike. You'll be like up fair peak. Oh, I got to go up another peak. I still don't know what the point is. You know what, though? What happens <laughs> is that the purpose that we think we're coming together to discuss turns into a, it turns into a different message mm-hmm. or um, an enhanced message, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. I know. It just means and so, you're good at what you do, Nicole, because, I mean, that's that's great. And for you to be able to go on a hike and, like, that's time management, and it's it's a great way to do it, right? Because, like, yeah. your brain just works differently when you're in motion. Mine Absolutely. does. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do find when I'm like, I'm going to hammer out a bunch of work today and check off 17 things on the to-do list when I sit here, it's emails, mm-hmm. it's distractions, mm-hmm. it's, oh, I got to clean the bathroom, uh-huh. you know? Absolutely. And suddenly I'm like, it's, I have four minutes left and I'm finally in a groove. Right. And now I got to go pick up my kid. Right. So for people to know that running doesn't suck because <laughs> it actually allows you to be more productive. That's what I think. Yeah. Not just running, but like fitness in general, mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. you know, anything that can get you into that meditative state, even for five minutes. Right. It's funny. Do you meditate? I started to this past winter. Oh my God. I, oh, I want to do um, a podcast with somebody who's like actually an expert in yes, meditation. It definitely is not me. <laughs> oh, and, and I've always been like, meditate? I uh-huh. just go run. That's right. my meditation. Right. And I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I do. But it's not the same as like literally being still right. and meditating. Right. Um, are you like sticking with it? Um, I'm trying to. It is not <laughs> not easy for me. I like, you know, I defer to going on a run and being in motion and meditating also. But then like this winter I got really good about I did this class this like mind body stress reduction eight week course that was good yeah and it was Wednesday nights um for like three hours in a group which also is not my natural state of being but it was it was really good and it um got me in the patterns of doing it and now um even if I can do five minutes I just try to like tell myself just like don't think about yeah i know i just i whenever i sit we had a silent retreat day at that during that mind body during that eight week thing and this is not the point of one of those things but i uh the day flew by and but i had planned my whole summer which is totally not the point because my brain just goes oh and then in july we'll go on this trip and this is july like i can entertain myself for so long no we could hang yeah like right. it's like to the detail of what needs to, when do I cancel right. the newspaper? Exactly. Or, oh my god! This like eight hours went by and I was like, oh, it's over already. <laughs> like I'm not done. I'm just through August. I didn't plan 2021 <laughs> Exactly. So I realized <laughs> that that was totally not the point of a day of a silent retreat. However, 
I did get a lot done in my brain. Wow. wow. <laughs> but now I try to just go, okay, it's like a little vacation. Stop planning. Stop strategizing everything, you know, because I get really wrapped up in that. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a combination of being a freelancer and constantly having to do that, but also being a mom and being a this and being a that. So I'm constantly strategizing and planning, as I'm sure you are. Um, but the five or 10 minutes of just a break, I try to like, lately I've used this little, I don't know where this came from, but I try to be some bird somewhere pretty, like at the beach I grew up going to, or on some mountain, I'll try to just be this bird flying around and like going along the coast or whatever. And I just try to visualize that. And that is a nice break from my brain doing all these other things like planning. So that's where I'm at with meditation. I try to do five or 10 minutes. So what I think we're seeing is that when you start to pick up running and (laughs) new sports later in life, it can bring you a whole new perspective. And if you keep evolving, if you're open, you can keep evolving. Right. Yes. It's so interesting though. I do think there's some maturity that comes with this. With what? Well, I couldn't have meditated at 22. I couldn't even do oh, consider know. yoga a workout. Right. A lot of young people do it though. I think they're just more open to it. Are they more aware of how important it is? That's what it is. It's the millennials. Yeah, millennials know a Damn lot of things it. that we did not know then. You guys. <laughs> oh my God. But when you talk about perspective, I mean, that's a big uh, point I'm trying to make with this book is that I think a lot of people approach running with... I don't want to say the wrong perspective, but maybe not an approach that is going to allow it to stick or make them love running. I think a lot of people start running thinking it's going to be their fitness plan or have them lose weight or it's like a punishment for this or that and the other. And they just have this like hate, hate relationship with it. Right. And so with this book, I'm trying to allow people to have a different perspective, like flip that whole notion on its head and learn to love it, like figure out what time of day works for you, what terrain works for you. If you're like a gym rat, like in the beginning when I started writing this, I was like, oh, trail running, trail running, trail running, because that's what works for me. But then in talking to more people, like there's this young guy at my CrossFit gym who, you know, said he went trail running, it was okay, but he's like super competitive, was like a boss sports athlete and likes to sprint. So he went to the track with his buddy and they would like race each other and he now loves running. It's just like figuring out what works for your individual personality will change your perspective, right? I mean, it's not that easy, but I mean, there's a lot to be said for knowing yourself and setting yourself up for success beyond following a strict training plan and like beating yourself up over if you miss a day or whatever, you know? It's just not that cut and dry. It's like people are different. Everybody's different. Well, and what I love about the book is and I've read a ton of running books, memoirs, you know, different educational books. This is like a manual and it's fun and it's it's interesting, but you're truly getting educated and it's funny. So these are Thanks. all things, fun, play, you know, um, and and it's exploratory. Mm-hmm. So, and it's for anyone. It's not like you have to be a runner to buy this no. book. This is almost like if you're starting at the beginning. Right, or you haven't even started yet. Yeah, if you there's so many people who hate running, but like really want to like it. You know, they really want to love it, but they just hate it. There's people who have run a little bit in their lives and they just have a negative connotation with it. Like they were talking too much in PE class and the teacher told them to go run laps. Or, you know, me, like I didn't want to run two laps. And like, I just think that people just have not the healthiest relationship with running. And so I'm trying with this book, yes, to like introduce the play aspect if that's what you want or introduce like the competitive aspect if that's what you want. Like to just approach it with individuality that's why it starts with a quiz, like a personality know, quiz, like a it. Cosmo-like, you know, so quiz. So funny. <laughs> I know. And there's Thanks. like all these little like charts of yeah. here, if you want, you know, here's what you should, when you should run, right? right. Morning or afternoon right. or whatever. Because not everyone Flow has charts. to wake up at five in the morning <laughs> and put on short shorts and go running to call themselves a runner. Like oh. if you're someone who needs to burn off steam at the end of the day, maybe that's the perfect time for you to go running after work, you know, and it's hard to fit in things. So there's like tips on how to like time management and run home from work maybe, you know, or like meet someone so you're not, so you're held accountable. But, and there's a chapter on like who to run with because some people will thrive in a group environment. Some people won't. Some people are better off running by themselves. Some people should run with a dog because Mm -hmm. a dog is always happy to go on a run and like needs the exercise that gets you out the door. Anyway, the whole approach is to just figure out what works for each individual. And it is not a prescribed set thing. 
there are a lot of great running books out there with a lot of awesome advice, but I just, I just think that people need to figure out what works for them. And so this book, like you said, is sort of a manual to help people find that. Right. And it's not like, okay, here's your 12 week training plan. Correct. And all the nitty gritty on how to tackle them. It's broader. It's very broad. And it's so fun. Okay, so here's um, here's an interesting example. So I have a nonprofit. It's called Running Start. And we help beginner runners change their lives through awesome. running. And these are women who haven't run in their lives or it's been a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. So they've lost some part of themselves and they, they need a new tool to help them cope with the shit that's going on in their lives. Right. So um, it's interesting because when we we do a kickoff meeting mm-hmm. and most people say, I hate running. Right. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to love it, but I know I need something. And that's why I signed up. I need something. And um, what I realize as I've been, you know, putting this nonprofit through the, through the hoops for many years now is that we are truly giving them a new coping mechanism Mm -hmm. through running. Mm -hmm. And it's not about going fast. And many of them become walkers. Right. And there's power in that too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily about moving one foot in front of the other, like when they're both off the ground. Right. It can also be slow it down, but just get moving. Sure. Just move. Right. And sometimes for people too, injuries become an issue and bodies and chronic pain and MS or other yeah. chronic diseases. So just moving is mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. So like as far as, you know, having a lifelong approach towards running, uh, one of the big things that comes up, and I know you've had some experience with, mm-hmm. is what happens if something starts to hurt or if I get injured? Right. Oh yeah, I'm an old pro at injuries. <laughs> Well, I feel like, you know, I said I saw you like 10 years ago, but that's because I feel like there's this little dark cloud because when we put on our very first skirt chaser run in 2008 at Cherry Creek in Denver, you came out. Was that the first one? First one in Colorado. Yes. I'm honored. It was amazing. Yeah. And we had a thousand people there. Yeah. And you came out and did it. Uh And you wore one of our skirts, I I think. It was early days, right? And, um... And I think it, it injured you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I always felt like it's not your fault. Slightly responsible for that. Oh, come on, that's just me. So at the time, I was writing this blog for Runner's World called Baby Steps, and I felt like, you know, I was like, I had the baby, and then I needed things to write about. Like there was all this buildup to my baby. Was, was it that? your first? Yes. Okay. I had had my first. So as I was, I was blogging as this pregnant runner. This is back in two thousand and. I think I started it in 2007 and I was like very open about what was going on with my body and my mind and my frustrations with this and that and not loving being pregnant and everything and then I had the baby which was the build-up to the blog like okay he's been born whatever and then I kind of felt like I had to have some goals and have some comeback stories for these that makes sense yeah but I did put some pressure on myself there's that, but it's also, I think that race was two months postpartum for me, That's maybe. That's really early. Because I had my son in May, and so it was a summer race, I think, July. Yes. So it was partially, I feel like, that I I think I felt like I needed something to write about. I did this 5K. You can too. However, I'm also crazy in that I, I want, and I won't say, okay, I'm not crazy, but I just missed it. Just a little crazy. Yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> I missed running. I missed um, that part of my identity. I missed... Uh, feeling like I could race. I feel I missed being part of that environment, you know, in a race scenario. So I think you invited me. I was like, yeah, for all those reasons, you know. And then um, I could have, should have run it conservatively and like jogged it, you know, but like it's a race and I have the little crazy gene where like I'm competitive and I think I just... Was I pushing a baby jogger? I might have even been pushing my son. Or maybe I made my husband push my son and I ran. But I think I ran. It was the first time I tried to push the pace since giving birth. And um, things did not feel good after that race. I'll tell you that. Like my hips got out of whack. I just was off. Things were off. And I I don't remember the diagnosis I have. I don't, sometimes I just don't 
get diagnoses because I'm just out of alignment and I know it. And so it took a while to build back from that. But yeah, I mean, I missed running. It's not stubbornness at all. It's pretty stubborn. (laughs) I'm aware. I'm aware. But I missed it because it had been part of, you know. Yeah. I have. Yes. So I guess the to bring it back to what you're saying, there are injuries that happen in running. And so what I the chapter in this book about that is just hoping to uh, enable people to recognize like good pain and bad pain mm-hmm. because running can hurt and there's good hurt, right? There's like the good hurt where like your muscles are sore. That means yeah. they're working. Your heart yeah. is beating. Your lungs are burning. Like that means they're working and that's okay. Right. But then there's like the bad pains that are like warning signs, like check engine light, like, and you got to pay attention to those. And for me, it's very important to not freak out when I get those warning signs. Mm-hmm. I get like, because I love running so much, if I get an injury, I'm like, Oh God, like the dark cloud comes over my and head. And you have to go swim in the morning well, at Spruce Pool outdoors in beautiful Which Boulder. I did this morning and it was <laughs> lovely, but I did that because I got to run yesterday. But yeah, I mean, there's like, there's good pain and there's bad pain. And uh, mm-hmm. I try to give, not diagnosing people, but like it could be this and that's okay. And this is what you can do to make it feel better. And it's not the end of the world. Because for me, I sometimes get to, oh, it's the end of the world, you know. But I also have been like, since I do have, I have loose ligaments, which I guess, you know, when you're pregnant and postpartum, you have mm-hmm. loose ligaments and things shift. But I have them like nonstop. Like They're it's just, a condition. Like okay. it's, yeah. So I've been diagnosed with, what is it? Ehlers-Danlos syndrome or something. Okay. I think it's genetic. So I'm out of alignment a lot. I'm out of alignment so much that last winter I was craving running. I had a cough for a number of weeks but I went to my CrossFit gym and did like some five by 800 workout because I was like craving it, right? Like I just want to go kick my own ass and run really hard around the parking lot. And I had this cough afterward that was so uh, just a hearty, hearty cough that I like popped a rib out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. This is maybe not the best story to tell people who I'm trying to get to love running. But you know, this is a side effect Mm -hmm. of being an athlete and especially being a runner Mm -hmm. is that you really get in tune with your body. So you made a decision. That was your mental decision to go do this. But your body kind of probably knew. My body knew. Right. So so people also, (laughs) you're responsible for your own actual decisions. But you, a side effect of becoming a runner is that you're going to, be able to listen to your body. Right. You'll understand what listening to your body actually means for the first time. Yeah. Maybe for some How people cool. for the first time, or maybe if they're coming from another sport, they've listened to their body, but this is a whole other different way, different way to do that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you mentioned um, a kid, uh-huh. but then there's two. There's two. <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. Um, so yeah. yeah, what, um, let's talk about being a mom yeah. and a runner mm-hmm. and, you know, I before it's funny, you said like, you know, in college, you have all the time in the world. So I believe that. And then I believe now, if you don't have kids, you have all the time in the world. That's so unfair and rude. But then when you have a kid, <laughs> it like completely jacks up your life in a way where you're like, oh, shit, now I I don't I can't run whenever I want anymore. Right. I mean, granted, there's always, you know, we have jobs and mm-hmm. other responsibilities. So you're fitting things around a schedule. But like having kids really does change your, I don't know, everything, yep. obviously, right. but your freedom is limited. Mm-hmm. So what do you talk about that in the book? I do. There's okay. like a whole section on, there's a who to run with chapter. I forget what the title is. I should know this by heart, but I think part of it is figuring out that chapter is based on who to run with. Like, are you better off by yourself? Are you better with a group or a dog, whatever. But there's a section on being a parent, right? And so like, I think the number one, the best thing a parent can do for themselves is buy a baby jogger, a running stroller, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, because that's freedom. When your baby's young, yeah. you don't have to wait for the sitter. You can put your baby in the jogger mm-hmm. and go. You know, I did give myself tendonitis in my wrist doing that too much because of my loose ligaments. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, Lisa. However, <laughs> when you put your kid in a jogger, they're outside. Mine wouldn't yeah, yeah. Um, sleep unless he was in motion, which maybe is uh, I handed that off. I don't know. But like I would run with my son in the jogger and cruise around town. I would even sometimes put my laptop underneath the thing. And if he fell asleep, I'd pull over off the side of the creek path or something and get some work done. <laughs> So that was time management then. And then now that they're older, um, we've run together a little bit. My older one is now 11 and I've like taken him out a little, but I have to let go of my own 
ego and needs and be like, okay, if he wants to walk, we're walking, you know? Right. We've right. only done that a little because I don't know. I'm still struggling with like how healthy is it to take my kids and make them runners, you know? Like right, I want them right. to find that naturally and um, well, which about, they do, they like it. I and mean, think about how you found it. Right. It was know? much later in life. Yeah. So... But my older one is so fun to run like 5Ks with. Like we'll hop in. We got to do one at um, Disneyland one year and it was oh my gosh. so fun. Yeah, so that, fun. It that, was a run Disney thing. Yeah, I think that's the key for kids yes. is just making sure that fun element is included yes. because when they're too competitive at seven, eight, uh-huh. nine, it's kind of like, oh gosh, I'm already going to burn them out. Totally. And I've been worried about that. But a race is like a festival or a parade and Correct. like the starting gun goes off and there's people and we were like, any 5K we've done together, we like weave in and out of people, which is like this little moving obstacle course, which is like fun for him, fun for me. And I feel like a kid because I'm running with my son and like seeing his joy and like, yeah, you know, and like, yeah. it's just, it's awesome. Then you get a medal and it's like, whoa, you know? Yeah. So that's been really fun. And then now that they're older, my oldest is now 11. My youngest is seven. I can, I can get back to running in the evenings sometime, which is for me, a good time of day. It's like what I did in college. It's what I did when I started. I couldn't do it for a number of years with young kids because I was like so wiped out by the end of the day. Like it was like morning or midday nap, whatever, or bust, right? Right, right. But now that they're older and they have their activities or like I will take them, I'll take my oldest to soccer practice and I'll run then, like on trails near the soccer field. And I like enjoy that time of day because I just, for me, it's like I can shed the day's stresses and just get a run in. I kind of look forward to that time all day. So I feel grateful that they're now at that age that I can do that or I can leave them at home with my husband's, you know, bless his heart cooking dinner and I can go run on a trail with the dog or whatever. And like, so I think there's different stages when the kids are younger, it's tough, but the jogger's a life lifesaver, you know? And then just developing your own, I don't know, like your own patterns of what works for you. Like my body clock wants to run at the end of the day. Ideally, I'm still good with morning sometimes, whatever. I'll go whenever. But now that they're older and I can occasionally run at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is me, you know? That's so cool. I can't do end of day. And I love that you have a quiz about what works for you. What time of day. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Right. Um, Did you meet your husband through sport? Um, Yes. I moved to Colorado thinking I'd be here a year, right, from California, thinking I'd go back to the beach, whatever. I got here, and the first day I was here, I met my husband because I took a job at Trailrunner Magazine, and he was working at Rock and Ice. He was an editor, and I was an editor. So, like, And were they the same parent company? It was the same parent company. They were <laughs> same publisher, and it was here in Boulder. So it was like Melrose all over again? Sort of, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> we didn't live in the same apartment complex but wait, or rock and ice yeah. this is not running no it's this not running he's a climber yeah yes. he was a rock climber moved out here from the east coast and was um an editor at rock and ice and i was this like california girl runner like had gotten into adventure racing and was um hired to work at trail runner so compatible sports sort of but he started running a little you know i started climbing a little like we just ended up. You've mixed your passion. Yeah. So right. he slows it down for you, like when you go climb. Um. Yes. He and was a guide. This is a godsend because he had been a rock climbing guide, and so he was very patient and good at leading and you know instructing. And I don't mean like lead climb. I guess he was lead climbing when he'd take me out on certain things. But um, yeah. And so then he would run with me, and like we'd kind of race each other because that's just you know how we both are. We're both competitive people. So we sort of have figured out how to do that. Like we don't really run together anymore (laughs) because it's like, he likes running on the Boulder Creek path and clocking his splits, you know? And I like going on a trail and not wearing a watch. So it's like, we kind of do our own thing, but we're compatible and we also know each other's, like I know that he's a climber at heart. Now he's into rowing. He's like getting back into his rowing, which is like that what is he used so to do. Cool. Yeah. So we both, I roped him into a few adventure races, like when we needed an extra guy. And those are funny stories. Like you're just, still we're, married. We're still married. Um, <laughs> and he was a trooper, you know, um, cause that was what I was really into. And he had the skills to do it all. Right. And like there were weekends where I'd be like, I mean, these are teams of four. You have a team of four and it's like something 
can go wrong with someone. And so like, I'd be like, pack all your stuff. We're going to LA on Friday. <laughs> like You're hopping in this 24 hour race with me and this guy named Toby and some other guy named, you know, just doing it. And we would go do it. And it was fine. Those were fun together, you know, but it was like, it was my world. And he like did it. And then oh, I would sometimes I go it. climb with him. And it's not like where I'm most comfortable rock climbing, right. but I would do it. And now the kids climb a little, we went to France a couple of years ago and climbed a little there. Like we can function as a climbing family, but it's not like my comfort zone, right. you know, but he's, he's adaptable. He's gone on like big mountain runs and stuff, but yeah. we don't really, um, do it together. Well, is there, <laughs> is there like a sport? Um, there's a million sports out there, right? Yeah. Is there something that you both want to maybe are both intrigued by and want to pick up at this point in your life together? So you'd both be new at it. I mean, no, <laughs> I think we know our relationship well enough to know that we should do different sports. Got it. I really okay. think, I mean, he's now rowing and like, maybe I would like to try it. I don't know. We've always I mean, said when we're like surfing, 60, sailing. maybe we'll golf, golf maybe golfing. later, okay. but like tennis would be fun. I was thinking about that this morning. Like I used to play tennis. We've played tennis maybe three times together in our 15 years of marriage and that's kind of fun but like I think we kind of thrive doing different things but like appreciating what each other does it's respect I suppose yeah. it's also I just like having my own thing and he okay. has his own thing and yeah we can do the things together but no we've not talked about like we should pick this up together I don't know maybe it's because we have kids and we're still like divide and conquer like yeah, you go yeah, do your yeah, thing yeah. I'll go do my thing yeah, totally. we camp together and hike together and back like we'll go backpacking and stuff like that but um I don't know we have not like <laughs> picked a thing we kind of okay. like I like like my space you know yeah and so does he and so I think we just acknowledge that and he has his rowing world and I have my running world and like we yes. appreciate that and can do them so I can't I've not I've been on a rower. I've not been in a boat, but like we can right. chat about it. But like, I don't know. There have been times where we were on a bike ride back when I was like really into adventure racing and he was sort of doing it when I made him. And like we were riding to Ward, like a big climb right. up a road. Oh my gosh. And he decided, I was like kind of lagging and he put his hand on my back to push me up the hill, which you do in an adventure race when you're on a team and trying to get somewhere fast. Uh huh. And I was so pissed. I was like, <laughs> get off. I like stopped on my bike. Don't even do that. Like, we're not racing right now. You don't need to push me up a hill, which is basically just telling me that I'm going too slow for you right now, right? <laughs> I like lost it. Then like just said, just go. Oh so he God. rode toward and then I just ended up on my own pace, which I was perfectly content with. And uh, he ended up then turning around, riding all the way down the hill, kind of looking for me, but like I had joined some other random group, missed me completely, rode all the way home and I wasn't there got a car, came back. Looking for, anyway, it was a disaster. So, so he was like worried about He was you. worried about me after <laughs> pissing me off. <laughs> I was fine, but happier on my own. So oh these are God. things with marriage that like, you know, you yeah. kind of have to just uh, learn from each other and learn what works best. Well, yes. You know? And it's that uh, the line between how competitive are you and right. if one person's naturally better than another person at a sport and you decide you're going to go work out together, that it's, in, this is my opinion, yeah. it's the faster person's responsibility to slow it down yeah. to the other person's level and not make them have to feel like they're pushing too hard right. and getting frustrated. Right. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I don't know that we do that <laughs> oh very well God. with no. each other. Well, most couples don't. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, Tim and I definitely have a disparity too. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, you guys were in the same sport for so long, yeah. you know, and both yeah. super successful at yeah. it. So I can see how that would be. Yeah. I'm better at Tim in zero sports. Oh, come on. But that's okay. I mean, he's, you know, yeah. I'm not a better swimmer, better runner, better cyclist, better skier. Hmm. But you know what? I might be a better surfer. Oh, good. Because he hasn't surfed since probably high school. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do that. You guys should go on a surf trip. Though. Yes. Whenever you're feeling I'll slow down. slow it down for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, just a couple last things here. I it's It really has become obvious to me, this idea of, this is for people listening who think they hate something, and in this mm -hmm. case, running, that what you think you hate could become your life. Yeah. And how crazy is that? Yep. Has that escaped you, that No, that I concept? mean, that's, that's a very good thing to point out. I really hated running. 
decided to make it happen, you know, and it really has shaped the last 20, 30 years of my life for the better, you know? And like, I gave it a chance and I stuck with it and uh, figured out what worked for me. Again, I like knew I loved the beach, so I ran on the beach. I knew I liked running, watching the sunset, so I like ran when the sun was going down. And then would just use running as like something to look forward to from that point on, you know? Like in college when volleyball didn't work out, I was, I'd go running like, and I just craved the feeling of it. And like my body got like addicted to the movement of it and how I'd feel afterward and just like sweating, you know, like I mm. craved sweating and yeah, it really has become a lifelong positive thing that I didn't expect, I guess. And that is about being open to possibilities. Yeah. You know, right. and taking the first step, mm-hmm. you know, I also think about this book, um, I didn't have time to read the whole thing yet, but um, I have definitely read it in the way that you suggest people do, which is pick and piece. Right. You don't have to read it in order. No, you, you don't. can, yeah. but you can just skip forward to the sections that, you know, work for you right now. Right. But it feels more like this is a book about giving back. Hmm. That's how I, I looked at it. I think about you and what you've accomplished in your career as a writer and as an athlete. And I'm like, you know, she's giving back because Mm. she's giving people tools and helping them open their mind. Thank you. And I feel like that's a, it's almost like a philanthropic side to what you're doing here. Well, that's really nice of you to say that. But I don't, I don't know. Do you, does that hit you at all that you're like, I I really just want to help people. I mean, I do want to help people. I mean, running has given me so much. And I think there, I've talked to a lot of people in over the years who just have this relationship with it that they don't have to have, you know? And like, I really find joy in helping people feel comfortable doing something that can be fun and that they don't know it yet, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I taught beginning snowboarding way, way, way back when. And I never wanted the more advanced groups. Like, I just wanted the beginners because like, it just felt, it just was sort of empowering getting someone comfortable with falling or just getting comfortable being on something that was so awkward. I don't know. I mean, now I feel like I'm patting myself on the back, but I, I do think that getting people comfortable with doing something that can bring them joy is a fulfilling thing. And so if I can do that with this book, I'm happy. I don't know that it was like a mission to give back necessarily, but it's what I had to say. when I wanted to write the next book, you know? Well, again, it's a side effect. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just just think a lot of running books, again, there are a lot of really great beginning running books, but they can be really intimidating to people, you know? Like I think people think that they have to pick it up and follow it verbatim and run a 25-minute 5K at the end, you know? And that's not necessarily gonna make you love running in the long run I don't know I just I want people to find what works for them in whatever that looks like and be happy with it and don't make excuses for yourself like don't say oh I'm not a runner I only run a couple miles every once in a while that's okay you're a runner you know and if you want to go longer great here are some tools if you run a shit ton now and you're like burn out and hate it there's some stuff in this book that like could change your perspective on it you know like maybe mix it up I have a chapter, this chapter was fun to write and sort of maddening because I had to make sure everything matched up, but it's a choose your own adventure chapter that the antidote, it's the antidote to running is boring, is boring, excuse me. And so it starts off asking you like, what, what are you looking for? Like choose this, choose that. And cause that's how every day can be. Like, do you feel like doing this? Turn to page C, you know, and this is what you're going to expect there. Now you can make another choice. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Turn to this page. And it sort of lays out like what your options are and what sounds like an adventure. If you're an adventurous person, or if you're terrified of adventure, a treadmill is perfectly fine. If you want to feel safe and controlled and like seeing your splits, run on a treadmill until maybe you're burnt on that. And then you should go run outside. But even if that's intimidating, the track is okay running around the gym is okay, you know, but then like mix it up. There's in that chapter, if you, well, I don't want to give it away, but it's like, there's just options and you don't want to do the same thing twice. Or, I mean, you do want to do the same thing twice. You don't want to stick in the same patterns over and over because you'll probably get bored and again, be back at square one. And possibly injured. And possibly injured. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And, uh, I don't know for me, stagnation is one of the things I'm most terrified of. So I would never stay in the same groove too long but there's comfort in routine 
Sure. So that's always nice to have as well. So I just yeah. love, I love this whole, I love the concept. The book's amazing. It comes, is it actually out yet? It's not. This is like a sneak <gasps> oh <my> peek. <laughs> it comes so out lucky. July 9th. Well, we're doing a giveaway. Oh, thanks. I think on July 9th. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to verify that. Okay. But if you are listening, I'll make sure that this episode comes out right around the time that the book launches so Perfect. that you can pick it up and we will do a giveaway. So we're going to, you're going to have to look for a post on this and we're going to figure out what the little contest is. Sounds awesome. good. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. Thanks so much. Cool. Oh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, so let's wrap it up here with final question. I ask everybody who comes okay. on the show. Oh boy. Um, as you know, the name of this podcast is run this world with Nicole DeBoom. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. If you can leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way what would it be? Know yourself. I would say that's my piece of advice. Dig into yourself, figure out what is going to work for you, what time of day, what terrain or scenario or location, what company you're in, what gear is going to make you want to go running. Like really tap into who you are as a person because knowing yourself is power really and approach your running like that. And then if that's what you do and then you're being true to yourself, it will stick. And you know what? It's cyclical because once you start running, you know yourself even better. Yes, you do. That's so right. There we go. There Perfect we go. way to end it. <laughs> Solved the <laughs> Thank world's you, problems. Lisa. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks for coming on Thank today. you so much for having me. It was great. Hey there, hey there, hey there. I am back. What a fun conversation with Lisa. I'm sure you're now dying to get your hands on her book, which you should. It's available everywhere. Definitely check out all the places, including Amazon. Check out her website too, lisajungwrites.com. So one lucky person just may score a free one if you share this episode on Instagram or Facebook maybe with a little comment or quote that really stood out to you and be sure to hashtag running that doesn't suck then we can find you um we'll pick a winner on august 1st Uh, the winner will get a book and a skirt product of any kind may the best sharer win (laughs) all right everybody let's get back to this heat wave and buy some new fall products Damn you, apparel, retail, clothing, cycle, whatever. Anyway, that's it for today. You know what time it is? It's time to use code RUN20 at skirtsports.com. Oh, sorry, we already did that. It is time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week.